and welcome to Sounds Of, a podcast created by Drum and Brass with the support of Arts Council England and Leicester City Council, in which we explore the impact of art and music on our lives. Drum and Brass is a community interest company whose mission is to do music differently. On March 26th, we're holding a day of workshops, discussions and networking at Curve Theatre in Leicester called Doing Music Differently. Through this event, we aim to bring together the ideas and energy of musicians, educators and community groups to tackle the lack of diversity in the UK's orchestras, bands and ensembles. In this episode, John Sinclair talks to Drum and Brass Director Davina Venkatasamy about the event and about the workshop she will lead on the day. Really looking forward to it. It's very exciting. Um, I don't think anything like this has happened before where we're kind of thinking about music in a different way. So it'll be exciting to bring lots of really um, new, different ideas together, but also the professionals we've got involved um, are very dynamic people working in their fields who um, are doing innovative work in, in and of themselves. So to bring them all together will be a really exciting and rich day, I think. Well, Davina then told me about how her parents encouraged her to play the piano as a youngster. Once you get to a certain level, it becomes easier. You can make friends. And so it became a way of making friends, being popular, be standing out from the crowd. And I did enjoy it. I did enjoy it. But um, it was mainly my parents who kind of pushed me into it. And I just took it up as a as my career, as my life, really, because music is everything. It became everything to me. So um, I wouldn't say I'm the most fantastic player, but I I love it. And did you get to kind of perform later or were you looking for some places to play in a school band or did you move um, it on to anything else? So this is, this is part of the kind of journey. So what my parents didn't know is that uh, musicians need two instruments, apparently. So, and you can't play the piano in an orchestra unless you're a soloist. And I was never that good. Um, so I never got to be in an orchestra, really. And when I did get an opportunity in secondary school, I was a percussionist. I played the snare drum, um, which, you know, kind of I was relegated to. But actually was a really important role because the percussionist can keep the rhythm for the entire orchestra um but I I didn't ever never quite fit in there I really really enjoyed it and I I I was more able to engage with the choir because um the voice is a very leveling instrument everyone's got one and everyone can use one so yes so I never got and I I guess I had opportunities within school to play because I was good to play at assemblies and play at the concerts they used to put on in the evenings, you know, uh, big occasions. And so I became known as the person who would play. Um, But in terms of kind of performance on stage, it wasn't really my thing. Um, I much more enjoyed the therapy side of it all. Yeah, explain a bit more about how the therapy works. It's using music as a communication tool. Um, so if we think about traditional, uh, what, whatever that means, traditional therapy, verbal therapy, um, we would use words to explain our, our life experience. 
and we would be responded to by a therapist. So the same in music therapy, except we can use music and it'd be a bit more abstract, but it'd be much more real and emotionally full. So we're able to share much more of ourselves in a non-verbal way, which helps for people who cannot speak or will not speak um, or have communication difficulties. So currently um, I work with people with autism and I work in special needs. Um, where we have non-verbal children. Um, I work in the prison system, so where people, um, are, are tr there, there's a lot of trauma and they struggle to share their experiences. So using music in that way can help open up doors to thinking about early trauma, attachment, you know, uh, and uh, therapeutic aims in that, in that sense. And again, I guess it's people together with instruments puts a smile on their face as well I would think does yeah it? that's all part of it and how we respond to instruments when we first see them if we're excited about them are we scared do we does it bring back memories of our childhood where we've gone to school and we said we're not allowed to touch those instruments because they're far too expensive or do we just want to play and it really connects to our like what we were talking about earlier our inner child and if our inner child is damaged that that in itself is very um, revealing and we can work with that and you know i spoke to kids the other week who's doing uh hip-hop kind of therapy type things as well so mm. on the day itself on the 26th of march there's going to be lots of different th things to go to i guess you're going to enjoy listening to other people as well as you're doing your own thing i'm so looking forward to being part of kids I've, I've, I've spoken with her before um, but I didn't get an opportunity to be part of a workshop. So I'm getting to really sit down and take a deep dive with with Kiz about what she does and ask loads of questions and really explore some of her techniques. So I think it's fascinating the kind of work that she does. Same with Helen Miners as well, who is, you know, working in the, the field of kind of orchestral work, but using orchestras without a score and really challenging the way that orchestras are put together thinking about um, a feminism perspective as well, women in, in leadership. So just really fascinating workshops. Um, it's going to be, like I said before, it's going to be a very rich experience. And um, I'm, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. And having Carol Leeming uh, appearing at the end to kind of round it off is pretty good, isn't it? Oh, she's amazing. She's she's. Um, I think she's recently written a play, or she's put, putting something on at the curve, which I haven't really investigated too deeply, but I will have to. Um, and I keep seeing her popping up around Leicester. <laughs> I say hi, Carol. Um, but it would be lovely to kind of hear her speak a little bit about her perspective on the day, but also her perspective about what the work that we're doing and how it links into her work. And she's making headway kind of nationally now, being part of the BBC Proms and. So it'd be really exciting to um, to, to hear her, her voice and her thoughts about what this day could mean, not only for Leicester, but for a bit for, for the wider wider perspective of music. Yeah, we talked a bit about the No Balls Orchestra. I, I, I mean, a lot of people after I spoke to on Saturday were saying, hopefully it'll be, we can do it again. But I guess that's a, a drum and brass kind of mantra to try and make it happen. But it's a wait and see on finances. It's all down to finance sometimes, isn't it? Yes, I mean, the part of this work, um, it's really important to acknowledge that there's a financial, um, uh, there's, a, a there's a financial tag that's attached to it that needs to be paid. It's not okay to do this work for free. 
we're, we're looking at people who are um, giving up their time. They're very happy to give their time up and they do give their time up for free. But actually it's work that is necessary, not just for music, but for human survival. It's the arts. And actually, if we don't start to value it, then how how are people going to know that it's it's worth anything? So we need to find pots. We're, at the moment, we're struggling because um, we put this all together off little pots of money that we, we took from different places. And uh, unfortunately, uh, our youth music bids failed. So we cannot continue it for a significant amount of time. Um, so we're now having to think about a different way of funding it because actually everyone involved has said, like you just said, I hope it continues. We want it to continue. We see how important this work is. It needs to continue. So we need to find different ways of funding it. But the idea that we that music happens for free is something that's very damaging, not only to music, but the idea of music as a career and how people can be perceive music, which I think is why some some of the barriers exist there, why people of colour don't get into music as a career, because there's no money in it. And there's a push to be successful and then a push to make money well, because you have to survive. Yeah, and watching the kids play on Saturday at De Montfort Hall, the mayor was there. Uh, the, the guy who runs De Montfort Hall was there, wants me to send a podcast to him. So you get those sort of people interested and they took value from it. So you're hoping that if you can get people like that behind you, who knows what might happen. And these people, they have, they have ways of paying us in, in power. If they give us open forums, if they give us a space, that's worth, that's value to us. You know, we value that. If they give us a space on a, on a wider scale, some more, um, some more awareness, some more time, that's worth something. If they put their hands in their pockets, even better. But, you know, a bit of it, all of it would be great. But we'll take what we can right now until we grow and grow and grow. And the hope is that we grow and grow and grow. We're a national orchestra. So do you have to do a lot of prep for the thing at the curve? To, you know, your, your, your thing about um, you know, reconnecting with your inner child. Is it already in your head or is it going to take um, some prep? It will take some prep. Um, I, uh, most of it's in my head already. And I haven't really thought about right now how, how it's going to shape. Because I think what I like to do is kind of think, look at who's going to come and then shape it for that. So if I've got a, an audience or a workshop participation number of around 400 people, it's going to be a very different um a very different workshop than if I've got three people. And so it, I need to bespoke it a little bit to the amount of people that are going to be there. Currently, it's looking like a nice number where we can really um, think about some stuff, do some practical um, practical music making stuff and think together about inner, inner child and what that means for the wider musical context. De Montville with the kids, uh, the curve for this, hey, market isn't it <laughs> you know what we need to centralize ourselves it's, it's a real conscious effort to say it's not okay to go into some small little alleyway and find a studio up on an upstairs floor actually what we need to do is be be, be seen and mm. these are the places they have a charitable arm you know yeah. it's necessary for them to be making links in the community making networks reaching out and um, since George Floyd, 
actually they have been much more willing and much more open to opening their doors and letting us in, which is fantastic. Um, they perhaps prior to that, it was a bit more of a struggle. So I'm pleased that things are starting to shift. But without centralising these small voices within Leicester, we're never going to get any bigger in order to make that impact more nationally. So I'm very pleased that the curve are involved and I'm very pleased at De Montfort Hall and long may that continue. And are your kids learning instruments at the moment? At the moment, yes, because I'm a pushy parent and I have a, a I am a musical person. So you will learn a musical instrument whether you like it or not, because we are we teach as we were taught. So how, so, well, um, what are they learning then? So Annabelle's currently learning the violin, um, and actually played for us last played for me last night, and it was quite nice. And she made musical sounds, which is uh, you know when when it's a violin, it can be a bit dodgy. It can go either way. Um, and Martin has uh, picked up the violin too because uh, he's playing in the orchestra. He played in the orchestra on Saturday, um, but also has taken up the piano. So we will see. We will see what happens. <laughs> You've been listening to Sounds Of, a podcast created by Drum and Brass, a community interest company focusing on music for community well-being, with a focus on safety, inclusivity, and diversity. Thank you for listening, and if you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, and you'll hear about the next episode as soon as it drops. And do take a look around the Drum and Brass website, drumandbrass.co.uk to find out about our many other projects. Our special thanks go to Davina Venkatasamy, to our funding partners Arts Council England and Leicester City Council, to our producer and technical support John Sinclair, and to you for listening today. Drum and Brass, putting the community in music and doing music differently. Thank you.